This physical science lesson is brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education. Greetings everyone. This is Malibong Kumalo from Umlazi Comtech. My main focus uh, for today will be physical sciences, paper two. And in physical sciences, paper two, we'll focus on organic chemistry. Right. When we talk of organic chemistry, it's a very interesting part of science that is uh, applicable in real life. And then what do we mean by that? When we say organic chemist, there are many substances in real life which are organic compound and they are useful to our real life situations. For an example, as we are experiencing COVID-19, when we talk of this coronavirus thing, the president said we must use uh, sanitizers. You must know that when we talk of a sanitizer, a sanitizer have got isopropyl in it. What is this isopropyl? It's propan to all or to propanol. Propanol, it's an alcohol. It falls under the homologous series or the group of compounds which are called alcohols, and it is the one that kills germs in the sanitizer. Right. There are so many organic compounds, and they are saying that we must take vitamin C every day so that we will be protected of somehow. Also, vitamin C have got uh, another organic compound which is called ascorbic acid, which is very useful. So when I talk of organic chemistry, I can mention many. The clothes we are wearing, when you're talking of polyesters, everything, plastics, that is organic chemist. So organic chemist is everywhere we go. Then what is examinable? What is it that we must know so that we will pass the exam? There is a terminology that is used in organic chemistry of which Elena must clearly understand. When they say molecular formula, you must know what is it that they want from you. When we say molecular formula, it's the formula uh, that represents the number of atoms in the molecule. When we say, maybe for, let me take uh, methane. Methane have got one carbon and four hydrogen atoms. So when we say molecular formula for methane, you must write CH4 because there's a difference between molecular formula, structural formula, and homologous series functional group. You need to know all those terminologies so that you will be able to answer whatever that is relevant to the question. So when they say, what is the molecular formula? You must know, it, okay, you must write something that will tell us that how many atoms are present in the organic substance. And then when they say structural formula, you must know that you must show all the bonds, meaning that for if we may take an example of methane, it would pick up on at the center and then you write uh, the hydrogen atoms surrounding the carbon. And then you show all the bonds. Then that is a structural formula. When they say condensed structural formula, maybe for ethane, you must know that you will write CH3, CH3. Then that is a condensed structural formula. The bonds are hidden. They are not shown. And then when they say functional group, functional group, it's a characteristic of a, a, a certain a homologous series. For an example, when they say write a functional group of alkanes, you, you must know that, okay, you'll write C with a single bond 
to other C. So it's carbon bonded to another carbon, but there is a single bond. And then ensure that all these carbon atoms are surrounded by four bonds. Because you know very well that uh, carbon uh, is in group four in the periodic table. Therefore, it has got four bonds which surrounds it. So when they say, write down the functional group for alkyne. You know that, okay, it will be C, and then the triple bond, then another C, and then you balance the number of bonds around each carbon. Each carbon must have four. So you must know exactly when they say Hobolocus series, functional group, structural formula, condensed structural formula, because that is your question two in the final exam. Right. And then what is this Hobolocus series? Maybe they will give you a compound. Maybe they say propene compound p is propene then the question will say what is the com- the homologous series for compound p then you must know what okay compound p have got a double bond because they said it's propene then the homologous series for compounds that have got a double bond it's alkenes so you'll say alkene alkene is the homologous series alcohol is homologous series carboxylic acid is homologous series Right. And again, you must know that we have got saturated and unsaturated compounds. When we say saturated, we mean that uh, between carbon atoms, those compounds have got single bonds. When we say unsaturated compounds, we mean that they are more than one bond, meaning that it can be two or three or more. But if there's, it's more than one bond between carbon atoms, then you know that, OK, this compound is unsaturated. Then again, they will say, define an isomer. What is an isomer? Then you must know, okay, isomer, it's compounds, organic compounds, that have got the same molecular formula, but different structural formula. Then again, you must know, okay, when we talk of isomers, there are three different types of isomers that are examinable. The first one is chain isomers, second one is positional isomers, and the third one is functional isomers. Right. What is the difference between the three? When we talk of chain isomers, maybe let me take an example of butane and 2-methylpropane. So when we say chain isomers, they will have the same molecular formula, obvious, but the arrangement of the chain will differ. When we say butane, it's four carbon atoms that are, are written in a sequential order. It will be first carbon, second carbon, and the third and the fourth. Then it's butane. It's a straight chain. And then when we say two-methylpropane, it will be three carbon atoms. Then at the center, or in carbon number two, you will have a branch. And that branch will be a methyl. A methyl is CH4. So when we say these are chain isomers, we mean that, that okay, we'll have a straight chain compound. And then for the other one, the arrangement of the chain will be differ, but the number of carbon atoms will be four and the number of hydrogen atoms will be 10. Then if the molecular formula is the same, but the structural formula is not the same then you know okay these are chain isomers and one other thing that will help you to be able to identify the chain isomers is the name you see if we talk of the IUPAC name uh, the IUPAC name for the other one would be butane and the IUPAC name for the other one would be 2-methylpropane so if the name changes then you know very well that okay these are 
isomers, chain isomers. And then we come to positional isomers. When we talk of positional isomers, maybe I'll make an example of put one in and put two in. When we talk of put one in, it's four carbon atoms. Then after the first carbon, we'll have a double bond. And then the other one put two in, it will be four carbon atoms. Then after the second carbon atom, there will be a double bond. So if we say these are positional isomers, it's because they've got the same molecular formula, but the structural formula is different. How is the structural formula different or how it differs? It because for the first one, the double bond, the position of the double bond is after carbon one. And then for the other one, the position of the double bond is after carbon number two. So what is different here is that the position of the double bond changes. So it may not be for alkenes per se, it may be for, for alcohols, as I've indicated that uh, when we talk of iso propyl alcohol, the substance which is used in sanitizers. Uh, and I indicated that that one is propan 2 all. We can have propan 2 all and propan 1 all. Those are positional isomers because the position of the, the alcohol or the hydroxyl uh, group is in carbon 1, uh, in propan 1 all, and in carbon 2, uh, in propan 2 all. So that you must know. Then when we talk of functional isomers, the molecular formula will be the same as well, but the functional group will be different. And then which one are those ones? It will be maybe esters and carboxylic acid, where you find that, okay, we have uh, C, double bond O, and CO, and then for both of them, you will have the, the carboxyl group. They call it the, the carboxyl group. You will have the carboxyl group, but for esters, it will be at the center. And then for carboxylic acid, it will be at the edge or at the end of the molecule. So when we say functional isomers, the molecular formula will be the same, but the functional group will differ. For an example, let me make one example of functional isomers. And maybe we will take a methyl methanoid and ethanoic acid a methyl methanoid uh, it's an ester it have got two carbon atoms two oxygen atoms and four hydrogen atoms and then ethanoic acid it's the same thing it have got two carbon atoms four hydrogen atoms and two oxygen atoms but this one is methanoic acid it falls under carboxylic acids and the other one is methyl methanoid which is an ester so it falls under esters so when we so we say these are functional isomers we mean that the molecular formula is the same but the, the, the functional group in which these compounds belong uh, is not the same. Right. And then again, it will be naming. Uh, when we are naming uh, organic compounds, uh, you, you must know that, okay, there is a certain order that you must follow. For an example, you must be able to identify the longest chain. You must be able to identify the groups or the branches or the substituent uh, that are there in the structure. And then you must be able to know what is the name of each substituent or each branch that is present. Maybe it will be a bromo if you see bromine or chloro if you see chlorine or it will be a methyl if it's a carbon that have got the hydrogens only or an ethyl if it's two carbons and hydrogens. 
uh, it will depend. And then with branches, it would be methyl, ethyl, propyl is out of scope, so don't bother with that one. And then it will be uh, the um, haloalkanes, which is bromine, chlorine, iodine, of which for bromine you will lose bromo, iodine, iodine, etc., uh, etc. Et but when we are uh, naming the compounds, make sure that you identify the longest chain, uh, and then you identify the branches, and then you must know the name. And then when you are arranging them, you must know that you must follow an, af an alphabetical order. For an example, if you have got a branch which is a methyl and a branch which is a bromo, you must know that bromo comes first in terms of alphabetical order and methyl will follow. So it will be maybe for an example, if I, I can make one example. Let us say we have a structure that have got five carbon atoms, and then in the second carbon, there is a, a, a methyl, and also in the second carbon atom, there is a bromine. So it's five carbon atoms, and then in the second carbon atom, it will be a meth there is a methyl, and then in, also in the second carbon atom, there is a, 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 a bromine. So, if you were to name that structure, firstly, we will identify the longest chain. So, the longest chain have got five carbon atoms, and then we know, okay, uh, because they are single bonds, then this is pentane. Okay, but this pentane have got uh, branches. In carbon number two, there is a bromo, and in carbon number two, again, there is a methyl. Then, if you were to write the name, you must understand that okay, promo comes first and the methyl follows. So the name of this compound will be 2-promo, two 2-methyl, two pentane. Okay, then that's it. Then you must know that oh, between the number and the letter, you put a dash. Let me repeat. Between a number and a letter, you put a dash. Between a number and a number, you will put a comma. And then between two letters, uh, there is no space. So when we say two promo, two methyl pentane, it's one word. When we write IUPAC name, we write one word, not two words. Uh, be careful of that. And then we will come to question three. Question three in the final exam, it will be uh, about the, the physical properties of these organic uh, compounds. Uh, when we talk of physical properties, uh, it's the properties that they show in real life. For an example, when we talk of alkanes, uh, alkenes and alkynes, uh, you know very well that uh, if it have got less than uh, five carbon atoms, meaning that it's one, two, three, four, you know that the phase of those compounds would be a gas. All of them are gases if they have got carbon atoms that are less than five. And then from five to 17 carbon atoms, you know very well that it's a liquid. Uh, when we talk of these gases, maybe uh, you, you can think of the gases that are used uh, especially for catering purposes. The gas stoves that are used for catering purposes, mostly they, they use a gas, and those gases are alkanes, alkenes, alkynes. Uh, it depends, okay. And then when we say maybe the, the number of carbons is now between 5 and 17, you must know that, okay, these are liquids. And those liquids, among them, we have paraffin, we have uh, petrol, we have diesel. Petrol have got approximately 8 carbon atoms, diesel approximately 13, yeah. 
And then when uh, the carbon atoms are greater than 18, uh, 18 upward, you know that, okay, those are solids. Uh, it may be uh, the, uh, the, during our days there was a, a, a cooking oil which was called wholesome. It's a solid. Uh, I don't know nowadays if it still exists. Right. And then, so that's it about the phase. And again, you must know that in terms of solubility, uh, these alkanes, alkenes, alkynes, they are not soluble uh, in water. They don't mix in water. The reason behind is that the strength of intermolecular forces uh, between these compounds is very huge. So if there is a huge uh, difference in terms of the, the strength of intermolecular forces, you tend to find that, okay, those two compounds will not mix and their density will be differ as well. Yeah, so when we talk of paraffin and water, they don't mix. Oil and water, they don't mix and we know very well. And uh, when we talk of oil, those are hydrocarbons. Those are organic compounds and water have got their own bonds as well. The dipole-dipole, but uh, the stronger dipole-dipole forces which are called hydrogen bonds. Okay. And then they will uh, tell you to identify or to be able to to tell if uh, uh, which uh, compound have got a greater boiling point or greater melting point than the other. That is the most interesting part. And uh, examiners like to uh, to ask uh, such questions whereby they will give you maybe two compounds or three compounds and then they will tell you to identify the boiling point and the melting point. So in this one, you must be very careful and you must know what is it that you need to do. Maybe they will give you two compounds. For an example, they will say there is a propane and butane. So when I say propane, you know very well that is an alkane and uh, the, uh, uh, it's an alkane that have got three carbon atoms. And then when they say butane, you know that, okay, that is an alkane which have got four carbon atoms. Then the question will say, which compound between propane and butane will have a greater boiling point? That is easy. First step, you must uh, talk about the structure. Would, okay, what is the difference between the structure of propane and butane? Then the second step will be to talk about the strength of intermolecular forces between them. You identify the, the, the type of intermolecular forces and then you compare the strength of intermolecular forces. And then lastly, you will need to talk about the strength of, or the, uh, not the strength, but the amount of energy that will be required uh, to break the intermolecular forces between these compounds. So if you talk about the structure and you talk about the intermolecular forces and the energy, definitely will get full marks. Let me give you an example maybe so that you'll know what is that is expected from you. Right. I made an example of propane and uh, butane as well. So when we talk of uh, propane, I've indicated that propane have got three carbon atoms and then butane have got uh, four carbon atoms. So when they say which one have got a greater boiling point, obvious, the one that have got a greater boiling point will be butane. And then they will say, explain your answer. How did you arrive to your answer? And then you say, uh, propane 
have got a, a, a lesser chain uh, compared to butane. Uh, okay, it's a lesser carbon chain compared to butane. For saying that, you are recognizing the structure that, okay, this one have got uh, three carbon atoms and this one have got four carbon atoms. Then the chain for propane is shorter than the carbon chain in butane. So for for recognizing that and comparing, because you must compare, don't say propane have got a shorter t- a, a shorter chain. It have got a shorter chain than who? Because uh, if uh, I may refer to myself, when I'm standing alone, I'm very tall. But if I'm compared to Mark Tyson, I am very short. Yeah, so you only say something is short when you are comparing. So in this case, indicate that uh, propane have got a shorter chain compared to butane. And then you have recognized the structure. And this chain that you are referring to, it's a carbon chain. So it's a shorter carbon chain. And then by saying that, uh, recognize that, okay, if it is so, then the strength of Van der Waals forces or the strength of London forces uh, in butane will be greater than the strength of London forces in propane. So you are recognizing that Putin have got London forces or Van der Waals forces. And at the same time, you are recognizing that the strength of intermolecular forces in Putin will be greater than the strength of intermolecular forces in propane. Then you have spoken about the force. And then lastly, it will be NH. You are now concluding that, okay, therefore, if Putin have got stronger intermolecular forces than the, the intermolecular forces in, in propane. That means you need a greater amount of energy to break the intermolecular forces of butane compared to the amount of energy required to break the intermolecular forces of propane. By saying that, you will get full marks. And then at times, you will find that uh, I made an example of alkanes. At times, you will find that they will maybe give you an aldehyde and as well as a, an alcohol. So in that in that case, recognize that this substance is an alcohol and this one is a, an aldehyde. By recognizing them, then you have recognized the structure, then you must be given a mark. And then recognize that the strength of intermolecular forces uh, in alcohols is greater than the strength of intermolecular forces in aldehyde. And also indicate that uh, alcohols have got hydrogen bonding, and then uh, aldehydes have got um, dipole-dipole forces, which are weaker than hydrogen bonding. By saying that, you will also get another mark. And then, obvious, if there's more, if this, these forces are strong in alcohols, the hydrogen bonds are strong, that means you need a greater amount of energy to break the intermolecular forces of alcohols compared to the intermolecular forces uh, of um, the aldehydes. And then for question three, how oh, you, you will swim. Uh, okay. And then question four. Question four will be about uh, reactions. Uh, they will give you uh, flow diagrams and then you will have to identify uh, reactions. And these reactions have got a catalyst. Uh, there are many types of reactions. You must study all of them so that you know very well that you are safe. 
Uh, first one, it's combustion reaction. When we talk of combustion reaction, uh, that is when you will add a hydrocarbon uh, with oxygen. So if you are mixing oxygen and hydrocarbon, definitely will get carbon dioxide and water if it's a complete combustion. Because it's possible that you might have an incomplete combustion. In a complete combustion, it's hydrocarbon uh, added to oxygen and then you will get carbon dioxide and water. But in an incomplete combustion, it will be a hydrocarbon added to oxygen and then we'll get carbon monoxide uh, and water. So you must be careful for incomplete combustion, you will get CO, which is carbon monoxide. And then there will be substitution reactions whereby uh, it's alkanes reacting uh, to hollow alkanes and definitely will need a catalyst and the a catalyst in those reactions uh, will be sunlight or ultraviolet light which is hf they will sometimes write hf which is the energy of light uh, so you know you, you must know that for substitution reaction of alkanes the bromine uh, will substitute a hydrogen and then the hydrogen will move out of the structure and the bromine will get where the hydrogen was. It can be anywhere the examiner will guide you. So you don't need to worry which hydrogen will be substituted by the bromine. No, it can be any. It's the examiner that will guide you with, with which one. And then uh, there is cracking. When we talk of cracking, you must also know that uh, you need to know the law of conservation of matter. Uh, and then that means if ever you are cracking a substance that have got five carbon atoms, definitely after reaction you must have five carbon atoms. It might happen that you have got now ethene and then propane, which is uh, three carbons plus two, which gives us five. Uh, because when we are cracking, we are breaking large organic compounds into smaller useful substances. For an example, they will talk of crude oil in the news. You must know that when they talk of crude oil, it's longer chains of carbon atoms. And then if you break them, we'll get petrol, we'll get paraffin, we'll get methylated spirit, all these useful substances. Yeah. And then there are addition reactions. When we talk of addition reactions, these reactions they dominate the, 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 the question paper. They dominate question four. And they are very easy. For an example, if we talk of addition, mostly we are adding, as the name says, it's addition. So we are adding. It might happen that we are adding hydrogen or hydrogen bromide or we are adding water, but we are always adding or maybe we are adding a halogen. Yes. So how does it go? Maybe let us say, or to be general, let's say if it's addition reactions, you must know that, okay, you'll have a double bond and then we'll have a, a substance that is reacting with uh, that organic compound that have got a double bond. Maybe let us say propene. Propene have got uh, a double bond. And then if propene reacts with hydrogen, uh, know very well that, okay, where there is a double bond, the double bond will break. And then once the double bond is broken, one bond will remain in the structure and the other bond will open two vacant spaces. And then with these two vacant spaces where the double bond is broken, what will happen? If you are adding hydrogen, 
That means the hydrogen atoms will go into these two vacant spaces and we'll have no, we will now have uh, propane. It was propane and then we added hydrogen and then the double bond was broken. Uh, one was left on the structure and the other opened two vacant spaces and then we, we put a hydrogen. So in summer, whenever you see an alkene, look for the double bond. Let me repeat. Whenever you see an alkene, look for the double bond. That is where the reaction will take place. Once you find the double bond, break one. If you break one and leave one, that one that, uh, that is broken, it will open two spaces. In those two spaces, something will be added there. And then in this reaction where I added hydrogen, uh, there is a catalyst, and the catalyst is platinum or nickel or lead. And these are the reactions that are used in the manufacturing of macharines. The macharines are, you know macharines, yeah. So these reactions are used in the manufacturing of macharines. Oh, then the name of this reaction is addition reaction, or the type. Let me say the type of this reaction. It's addition reaction. And then the question will say, what type of reaction is this one? And then we'll say, uh hydrogenation because you are adding an hydrogen and then when we say halogenation that is when we will be adding a halogen and fortunately these ones they don't have a catalyst so if if you are adding a halogen uh, on an alkene definitely no catalyst the reaction is spontaneous you look for the double bond break one put the two halogens and then we'll, we'll have your, your product which belongs to the haloalkanes and then hydrohalogenation you are adding a hydrogen that goes with the halogen so meaning that it might be HPR or HCL uh, if uh, maybe we'll take an example of uh, propane I mean propene and then to propene we add HCL HCL is a hydro halogen. So we are adding this hydrohalogen in propene, in an alkene. You will break one bond and then hydrogen will go to the other uh, vacant space and uh, the, the chlorine will go to the other vacant space. But here you must be careful. You must apply Markovnikov's rule. Markovnikov's rule says there is a major product and a minor product. And it says because I'm adding a hydrogen and a halogen, the hydrogen will go to the carbon atom that have got more hydrogen atoms. Let me repeat this one. In hydrohalogenation reactions, you will have a minor and a major product and you will apply Markovnikov's rule. So what does it say? Markovnikov's rule says if you are adding a hydrohalogen, which means it's a hydrogen and a halogen, the hydrogen will go to the carbon atom that have got a greater number of hydrogen atoms and then the halogen will go to the other and that substance will be a major product and if it's vice versa the other one will be a minor product and then for hydration you will add water and then if you add water uh, definitely you need a catalyst and the catalyst uh, will be sulfuric acid uh, yeah so if you put uh, sulfuric acid and water uh, in uh, alkenes definitely will get alcohols. You can even make the, the isopropyl, the propane uh, to all that I was referring to, the, the one that is used in, in sanitizers. If you go into your school's laboratory, 
you can uh, take propene and then in propene add water and then you add sulfuric acid and then some little or mild heat so that the reaction will be faster and then that's it you will have a sanitizer uh, uh, because uh, if you, you you add water in alkenes you will get alcohols and then it's esterification esterification you are producing an ester whereby you will react the carboxylic acid and the alcohol and again you need some spice of a catalyst of which the catalyst is sulfuric acid and mild heat as well so if you combine the two you will get an ester and esters are known for a very uh, good smell a pleasant smell uh, the perfumes that we use uh, after bathing mostly most of them have got uh, esters uh, yeah so if you can do that uh, without fail definitely will pass and then i will not mention all the things i know we have studied organic chemistry but i, I was just uh, just giving you a guidance uh, because the president said uh, we mustn't stay at home we mustn't relax it's not a holiday you must remember the country is just facing a crisis so since it's not a holiday make sure that you always open your books you always study and i will recommend that you you even start the term two work because this was a term one work otherwise thank you this is uh, mr kumalo from umlazi comtech our lesson ends here that physical science lesson was brought to you by the kwazulu natal department of education